Welcome to the Wonder Mum Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barry. If you've ever wondered how to create the family of your dreams, this is the podcast for you. It all starts with you. So let's dive in and explore all of the topics. It's motherhood with a sisterhood, it's womanhood, it's relationships, and it's figuring out your sole purpose so you can live on purpose with joy and happiness. I'm telling you, it's all possible. Let's get started with today's episode. You're listening to the Wonder Mum Podcast. I'm Melissa Barry, your host, and this is episode number 16. Okay, guys, welcome to today's episode. This is going to be a short one because, as usual, Ali and I have procrastinated and I'm at the end of my most recent trip to Tasmania. And, of course, I've been here for three days and we've got to wait till I've got about 15 minutes before I need to get out. Actually, we've got a little bit more time because I'm making sure I've got plenty of time to get to the airport this time. Okay, so what we thought we would jump on here and chat, because it's been a minute since I've launched anything with or without Ali, and I would love to do it with Ali because we usually have a bit of a giggle. And we ran a workshop this weekend. Did we actually name it? I'm not sure that we did. Let's call it Fascia and Flow. And just to give a little bit of a history, I suppose. So Ali and I both teach Pilates. I don't know if I've made that clear yet on the podcast. We both teach Pilates. We both have a quite a significant passion when it comes to nervous system regulation. Part, part I guess the reason behind that is out of necessity. So I certainly had to deal with panic attacks uh, a little bit growing up. Not anxious as in like a general warrior, but panic attacks, let's just call it that. And then, of course, I had, of my four children, the first child and the last child were like bookends of panic disorder. (laughs) And that we're talking about some pretty extreme um, behaviour where they would, like I remember India jumping out of a moving car because she didn't want to go to school. She didn't want to separate from me. And Samuel pretty similarly uh, threatening all sorts of things to the principal. I don't don't think the principal realised what he was was in for. However, with that journey, I I learned a lot and I really needed to dig in. And right from the start, in fact, with India, so there's 10 years difference between India and Samuel. But with India, I recognised that in order to help her, I really needed to help myself or sort myself out. Every time India would have a panic attack, I could feel my own nervous system dysregulating just sort of out of memory. And I think you know, she may well have been a little projector that she is tuning into my nervous system discombobulated result of um, years of have having to deal with it. Now, it wasn't that I dealt with it necessarily even on a daily basis, but there were certainly significant moments in time where it disrupted my life and I quit all my elite sports. Um, I quit a lot of things that I absolutely love to do because I was terrified of being abandoned basically or being left behind or not picked up or just separation. So I knew that from a genetic, um, energetic level that I needed to figure out whatever that was to, in order to help India. And I dived into seeing uh, Dr. Rich Lederer, who has been on the podcast before, 
looking at, um, you know, releasing that from my nervous system with neuroemotional technique. I used homeopathic medicine. I had learned various different techniques having studied naturopathy. So it was something that I was able to get on top of and then help India to get on top of. And she grew to be quite an independent young woman that travelled overseas on her own and everything. So it really didn't impact her. Um, we didn't end up, we didn't need to use any medication. But I did have to, as a mother, really hold my power in the way that I wanted to handle these things because, of course, the school system, and I and I understand it, they wanted us to, they wanted to know that we were working to try and deal with these things, and I most certainly was. So when it came to Samuel, it was kind of like, okay, been here, done this, know what I'm in for, although he brought it through in a different flavour. Different flavour, a whole, a whole new level, a whole new uh, masculine manifesto level of uh, panic disorder. But um, and, and to bring that human design discussion into this, uh, briefly, India is a projector. I'm a generator, but I have a lot of openness. I only have four centers that are defined, and my nervous system—my uh, not my nervous system—my spleen is undefined. And I have come to some understanding that I think perhaps I had absorbed a lot of fear. So, um, you know, I would say that there is definitely a genetic flavor of anxiety that runs through the family. I've got uh, parents and relatives and that have had to deal with anxiety where it has been quite crippling at different times. So it's very much something that I have sort of absorbed and observed over the years. And with my particular history, having had heart surgery at 10 months of age and in an era where your parents weren't allowed to stay in the hospital, and so therefore I was left there. (laughs) I wasn't abandoned per se, but, I, you know, mum would come and go. And I think that although I don't have an actual memory of it, uh, when I've worked with different heels, it's definitely in my system where I've, like one uh, spiritual healer said, I've pretty much been holding it together ever since and I burst into tears because that certainly resonated with something deep inside. So back in that era, we're talking 19, I was born in 70, it was like 71. Uh, as a 10-month-old, I'm quite sure that I would have woke through the night and, you know, mum's not there and I'm in this strange place with strange lighting and to this day I cannot stand those white lights like hospital lights. I don't mind hospitals per se but um, I'm just I'm very sensitive anyway to seasons and weather and lighting and all those sorts of things but um, anyway I'm starting to talk in circles. I'll rein it back in. Bottom line is I really out of necessity had to learn what works for regulating the nervous system both for myself and my kids and both kids now like India and India and Samuel, as I said, were the ones, uh, first and last child, to really challenge me on this uh, and to be challenged themselves. And the middle two kids were quite robust. Didn't It's not really an issue for them and it's a bit like Matt. He just kind of never really understood it uh, until actually he read something that I wrote in college about fear and he's like, oh, I wish I had read that ages ago. Now I understand. Okay, then. Hmm. Um. Anyway, both children now, and Samuel's 17 and India's 28. Gosh, Samuel will be 18 next February. Uh, very emotionally intelligent young people who have a real handle on anxiety. It doesn't um, cripple them or prevent them from doing anything, and they've got 
strategies that they use and the homeopathic vibrational medicine route that we went along with alignment work with chiropractic and neuroemotional technique. Massage. Massage, so hands-on. I know Samuel from human design perspective and that's where I was going. Um, Samuel is a manifester but he has the same channel as me where touch is really important and it's a community channel, the 3740, and we both have that and India, while she doesn't have that channel, she's a projector so she has lots of open centres including the spleen and Samuel is the same. Samuel as a manifester, quite sensitive. I'm having a quick look because I'm pretty sure his spleen is wide open as well. Um, Samuel is emotional like me. India is not emotional. So it's, it's, it's sort of an interesting experiment. And Ali, who is sitting here with me, has had her own history of dealing with um, not so much panic attacks for you, right? You didn't really grow up. Uh, those yeah mine was probably a bit bit more of a generalized anxiety a bit of a an underlying theme and Um, your spleen is open too which i found was really interesting i think we're the only two in the family with an open spleen and you and i are the biggest feelers in the family in that regard as far as i'm concerned Mm. especially in terms of being able to observe i feel like we can observe the nervous systems of other people and notice when they're like dysregulated Mm. and we have a really calming effect on people. I know I've been told that. I know you've been told that before. Which is something, it's funny and I won't elaborate too much, but <clears throat> we touched on today about, um, you know, different, I guess, diagnosis in the uh, in the medical world and, um, you know, we talk about different um, ways that we might be neurodivergent or whatever. Um, just because something is common and does happen commonly doesn't mean that we need to just kind of normalize and accept those patterns like I have I suffer anxiety but that doesn't mean that I need to spend my life on this trajectory of okay well this is you know I just need to accept that I'm going to be dysregulated no I I want to know how to regulate my nervous system because that is just so empowering so and you know as an occupational therapist I see um you know lots of different people and children with many kind of mental emotional um you know issues and neurological issues and we've done a lot of work in the field of mental health as a yeah, so, as a professional yeah so and you know and also in the space of pediatrics you know, with ADHD and, um, you know, in the spectrum as well, it, when you find a way to help people to regulate the nervous system, it's almost like, you know, whatever it is that's overhanging is lifted. It's like taking the book off. Because sometimes <laughs> it's, it feels it's like amazing. older. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And so we've, we both went into Pilates and we absolutely loved it. And, and sometimes it's hard to put you... I could speak about Pilates for hours and I absolutely love it and I implore all of you to get and do it, either come and do it with us in the membership, uh, which we will talk about before we close out this podcast. It's, it's like Ali said, it is so empowering when you can feel f- threatened by something or f- be facing something where you're feeling really dysregulated, like you might be in a state of panic or just feeling anxious or you can't quite put your finger on it or feeling stressed or 
feeling pain somewhere in the body, any of those things, we have the power to unkink the hose, I call it. So, you know, you think about playing with a, a hose as a kid, certainly in Australia when the summers are hot and you get out inside and you, when you don't have a pool like we did in the early days, you get out and you play with a garden hose and you'll be running around shooting it at others or wetting yourself with it and all of a sudden the, the water stops. And you're thinking, as a kid, I, I remember having this sort of, well, it seems like an epiphany now at the time. It was a puzzle I had to solve as a kid, like, okay, the water stopped. Is there something wrong with the nozzle? No, there's nothing wrong with the nozzle. You turn around to think immediately to accuse someone of turning it off on you, only to realise there's no one standing at the tap. And so you go and you check the tap and you turn it on more, but it's already on, so no one's turned it off. And you're like, why isn't the water coming out? The flow has stopped. And then somehow or other you figure out that there's you go along the the hose and you can see that it's kinked and you quickly learn the hard way if you've got the hose facing in the wrong direction that the, the moment you unkink the hose the water flows and I've used that analogy so many times in classes with clients and even with my own kids and family is that it can seem catastrophic like the water has stopped and there's actually nothing broken, nothing wrong. There's just a misalignment. And as soon as we restore the alignment, everything flows. And I like to think about the nervous system in the same way, that something has kinked it, something has kinked the hose, something has had your nervous system become dysregulated. The monkey, I talk about the monkey in the brain, is screaming and it's shaking you out of your tree and you're sort of gripping the trunk for dear life thinking, holy hell, what is happening? I feel like I'm about to die or is this it? Or it can be that extreme and, I, and I've certainly experienced that extreme. But when you know what to do, it can change everything and it can change it quite quickly. You don't have to get stuck there. And so what I've taught myself and what Ali has taught herself and her kids and we've worked, you know, with so many different people with these techniques is firstly, first and foremost, breath, come back to the breath and to reset the rhythm. So when you can exhale and then sort of just hold it, you'll feel the blood, like the chemistry within your body start to change. It, you really need to switch off the thinking process and just come back to, you know, hand on heart, breathing and just saying, I'm okay, I'm okay. Because when we... It's kind of like the monkey or this amygdala part of the brain that is sensing danger is just freaking out because it thinks something is, is wrong. Is a threat. You're being threatened <laughs> by something and it could be just some random thought you didn't even know you were having. Um, you haven't eaten properly so your blood sugar's dropped. Um, you know, your, your body is constantly if sensing If things. your posture, like if you've been sitting at a computer all day and your posture is rounded and it's compressing the vagus nerve which runs from the brain through, the, through to the body, it will send a message to your brain saying, my body feels unsafe, it feels threatened, what's happening? And the brain's like, oh, well, there must be a story to this. It's like, where's the threat? Sound the alarm, sound yeah. the alarm. <laughs> where's the threat? What am I looking at? And then all of a sudden if you have that predisposition to anxiety like I do, I can go into that loop of story in my head, oh, there must be something wrong. Hmm, what could be wrong today? And I'll pick something. Look, what's that spot on my leg? How come that's there today? <laughs> And then all of a sudden I'm in this loop and it exacerbates and it expands. Yeah. And if I just take a moment to regulate my nervous system, like there is nothing wrong with riding emotion. We are emotional beings. But sometimes I feel like if I don't 
address, like if I kind of suppress certain emotions, my brain will come up with a reason why I'm feeling so discombobulated and it'll come up with a narrative and a story instead of processing what's actually going on, which is, you know, maybe an emotion about change or mm. who knows. Um, so absolutely the emotions, we're not saying that you need to not feel things or just regulate so you don't, you know, have the monkey in the tree ever. Like that. that's, you know, mm. it's going to happen. But you don't want to get stuck in a cycle of, dysregulation so constantly being in a state of fight or flight response where it's you're exhausting feeling the threat yeah so you know how do you, how do you get out of that and we're talking about the urgent feelings right so for me the first thing is just don't even think just go into a practice and so because it's a practice the more that you can practice these techniques the easier they become to use if this emergent or this urgent situation comes up, right? So I know that if I, it's and it's really super rare that these feelings will come up, but as my hormones have started to change in perimenopause and plus there was a whole lot of grief that we were having to go through with Matt's dad dying and there were a few things happening like that were really um, stressful, not to mention the six-month lockdown, having to close your business, et cetera. There were lots of things happening that, in theory, I wasn't worried about anything. Um, I certainly wasn't worried about, you know, COVID or anything like that. But there were uh, there were stresses that I was having to deal with, which jacks up the cortisol level, and that in itself can start to dysregulate things. So, if your body's finely tuned, you'll pick up these these subtle changes, and you can start, like Ali was alluding to, you can start sort of making up stories about why you're feeling the way you're feeling. So. In these sort of urgent or as these these feelings come up that can feel a little bit sort of like a crisis, to go back to uh, just almost like a little system, like a, a, a little flow sequence that you know where you just sort of stop, check in with your own breath, slow your breath down, put your hand on your heart and tune into your heartbeat. When you can come at back into resonance with your heart, so it's heart-brain coherence, then your brain and everything, your vagus nerve starts to register safety, right? And as soon as you feel safe, all of those feelings go away. And it can happen quite quickly. But you've got to stop those thought processes happening. So Ali mentioned the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve, the role of that nerve is to be a part of that feedback sequence because our, you know, the body has this supreme intelligence and is trying to keep us safe at all times. Alive. And it's you know, alive. <laughs> and it's really just a matter of then we have this other ability to go, actually, no, a bit like first aid responder, right? Look, are we actually safe? Yeah, no, actually, there's no clear and present danger. I am safe right now, even though it doesn't feel that way. I've just got to then retrain my body to go, no, I am safe. Mm. Because if I'm you, okay. like, if you were to come up, you know, say you're in a, uh, forest in, I don't know, Canada or something, and you come up against a big grizzly bear, there is a reason your body goes into fight or flight because it either needs to run away really quickly or fight the whatever the threat is, right? Or like the lizards, they freeze. Yeah. Or, or if you, you can't can see me, yeah. <laughs> you can't hurt fight, me. Fight or freeze, yeah. Um, and so when that happens, the body goes into, the sympathetic nervous system goes into this 
it, it really drive. is an elite hyperdrive. It's like, right, I've got to shut down digestion because if I've got to run away, I can't be trying to digest food. My heart rate's got to go faster in prep. I've got adrenaline going through my system so that I can do what I need to do to get out of here. Yeah, it's an exquisite right? beauty to that system. We just yeah. don't want it on all the time. Exactly. So when we become dysregulated, it's as though we see the the big grizzly bear, but it's not actually there. <laughs> like, And we get the feelings of that and so then the brain's scanning for, well, why aren't I safe? Like what what are you trying to tell me, body? What's going on? Mm, yeah. So we... We want to invite you guys into our world a little more. So I am relaunching the online membership that we started and we're now going to call it SALT. Why are we calling it SALT? (laughs) Well, SALT heals just about everything. SALT is one of the most amazing (laughs) healers. And, yes, I'm salty. I'm a little bit salty. Um, There was this beautiful recipe that I got from Dr. Zach Bush and he, it's a recipe that he uses a lot with cancer patients, but he was talking about it throughout COVID as a great way to lift the inflammation from your system. And it was so beautiful and simplistic. It's, you know, about 300 mils of water, purified, obviously, if you, if you can, this juice of a whole lime or half a lime, and an eighth to a quarter of Himalayan pink salt or a really good quality Celtic sea salt. Now, and it got me thinking about the power of salt. Like, you know, when you swim in salt water, it's divine. When you've got that salt on your skin after the salt water, all the things that we do in life that cause us to sweat, the whether it's sport or sex or whatever, like we, when we sweat, there's salt on our skin. When we cry, there's salt in our tears. It's We create salt. And I also, um, I remember hearing something and I can't remember where it came from that when we're trying to evolve as a species and especially you know raising our frequency and our vibration and evolving we need more salt in order to to have that evolution take place and you know in line with that for the human race too and this is the work of Dr Jack Cruz I think it was the human race when you looked at their evolution of the size of our brain it could only happen by the ocean where our ancestors could eat the um, oily fish and oysters and things like that that had the DHEA and the the particular oils, um, all the things. Anyway, so part of this evolutionary process and the tits bath that we created all all those years ago that I created in my breastfeeding journey where I'd heard about a sits bath where you sit in a bath of salty water to heal, you know, cuts and grazes, especially after giving birth. And so mm-hmm. when I got mastitis, it was like, well, I'm going to apply that to my boobs. So I got a bowl that was big enough to fit my boob in and put hot, quite hot water, you know, hot enough that it wasn't going to scold me, but quite hot, massive amounts of salt in there, put my boob into the bowl. I could feel it. It was a little bit painful, but it was strangely satisfying. I could feel that salt water being drawn up into my milk ducts and it solved the problem really quickly. And I've since given that recipe to so many women where it's worked. And that kind of in a nutshell, and like I said, people misinterpret the look on my face all the time. I'm clearly salty. Um, a little bit sassy, but definitely salty. And so hence the 
renaming the membership SALT. So it's all of our solutions for alignment, love, and your transformation. So transformation of self and your family. We get to do it together. You get support. So what's inside SALT? Inside SALT is our, it's predominantly me teaching Pilates. Ali, I'm sure, will make an appearance at some point, but she's been juggling little babies again. Um, Pilates classes, our fascia and flow classes where we start to teach you how to Access your nervous system through your fascia, basically. Access and recalibrate your nervous system through your fascia, right? And we're going to put more of those classes in. You'll be able to access live classes. We'll do pop-up workshops. Um, Like I said, it's basically all these solutions and strategies. Wonder Mum R&R is going to be accessible within SALT. If you're joining SALT for a year, you're going to get some of the other larger courses that we've run around your energetics as a mother and for your kids with human design. So it's just the human design basics. You'll get, uh, like I said, the Pilates for specific recovery postnatally. There are classes in there for pregnancy. No matter where you are in your journey as a woman or a man, there are Pilates classes in there for you. And we'll be going through more of the massage and these self-soothing techniques that you can use for yourself and for your kids. Ultimately, there'll be all of our resources in there. So whether it's homeopathic medicine, that's the other course that will be in there. So teaching mums and dads how to use a homeopathic kit so that you can really own your own healing journey and be empowered to know what you can take care of yourself and when you need to go and seek help. And I I learned a neat little trick um, for any of you that are dealing with uh, little ones with respiratory issues um, that we'll save for another podcast, but stay tuned because These little techniques and these resources that we have really do make the parenting journey and your journey just as a human being that wants to have sovereignty over your own health. It's just they're all game-changing strategies and they're strategies that we'll put in there because we've used them, we've tested them with ourselves, our kids, our clients, and we've seen thousands of clients, many thousands of clients. Uh, You know, the studio has been open for 20 years this month, in fact, which I'm really proud of. And Ali is not long behind me in terms of her teaching journey as well. And we just want to put all these strategies in the hands of more people and empower a million families out there to feel better, live better, love better and have really balanced nervous systems. It's a work in progress, right? It's not like that you get balanced and you stay there. Balance is a movable feast. We want to, it's these daily practices that we can do to really feel better. Yep. So that's it for today. I'm going to jet to the airport. Yep. But thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys, thanks for staying all the way to the end. If you've been loving what we're sharing, don't forget to subscribe. Even better, leave us a review. It really does help other people find the message that we're trying to put out there. You can also find us at Wonder Mum Wellness on Instagram and you can contact us via DM there and ask us any burning questions. See you on the next episode.